So we are back with another episode of the Happy Astronaut Show. Obviously, this show has been quite a wild ride. We have spoke about startups. We spoke about happiness. We've spoke about the Fermi paradox in space. And today we're going to be speaking about what it's like to be a stripper. So today, my guest is a very special person in my life. It's my girlfriend, Laura. Um, Laura is a licensed captain. She's a graduate student in environmental sciences. Um, And on top of these things, she is also a stripper. Today, we're going to dive deep on what it's like to be a stripper, what it's like inside of a club, the different dynamics of being a stripper, crazy stories that she has, because she definitely has plenty of them. And then, you know, just some parting words of wisdom for us, you know, what, you know, what do people get wrong about stripping? Is there a, a big difference between the way it's perceived by people and the way we should be perceiving it? What's the reality of the situation? So without further ado, I will do my best to figure out exactly how to use Colin and try to get Laura here on stage with me. Here we go. Just sent her the invite to speak. Okay. Hey. Hi. How's it going, Laura? I'm good. Long time no talk. I know, right? Um, how's it going? It's good. Um, you know, I just got home and here I am. Wow. Amazing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So why don't we dive right into it and just chat about how you got started stripping in the first place. Okay. So... I started stripping right when I moved. I moved across the state to go to college um, from the East Coast of Florida to the West Coast of Florida. And so I had been living for a few months and I was really lucky I got scholarships to go to college. So I didn't pay tuition for my undergrad. Um, But I still needed money to pay my rent for my apartment and buy groceries and whatnot. So I really, I just didn't have any money and I was applying for jobs. I couldn't find a job anywhere. And so... Yeah, I kind of did the pros and cons list in my head and stripping. I knew I could get cash right away that, that night and it wasn't illegal. So now how did, how did you know that? Because we've spoken about that, but that's not, never something I asked you about is how did you know, or how did you assume that stripping would get you cash that same day? Because I, I knew how strip clubs worked. I had a vague idea before I went there to apply um, I'd never been to one before being a stripper. I've only ever been been a stripper at clubs. So, I, I like I said, I had a vague idea. I Googled, you know, strip clubs near me, and I kind of read up on them a little bit before I went in, maybe like a five-minute Google search, and I went in. Now, was that the extent of your previous research on clubs? Had you heard stories about him before how exactly what was your understanding of a strip club before you actually got started so i i really didn't know much about them i i didn't have a good view of them but not a very positive outlook yeah not a positive outlook but not about the girls about the club itself and it's a it's a distinction i've always had in my mind in my hometown, we had one strip club. It's called Bear Assets. It's a large chain. They have lots of clubs over, around the country. And that's really all I knew about strip clubs. Um, you know, in movies, you see there's little hints of strippers. They'll show the heels or they'll just show the pole or something. Other than that, I I went into it blind. I didn't know much at all. So what was the first interaction like? Like you you went into the club talked to a manager and said hey i want to strip yeah i just walked in um and clubs were really and how, how old are you at the time i was 18 okay. i was 18 um so yeah i walked in and i went up to the bouncer now i know he was a bouncer i didn't know who he was when i first walked in and i think he thought maybe i was a customer or i was there to work and i asked him you know i'm I want to apply. What do I do? And he said, oh, just go over to the DJ. And he like motioned across the room. And so I went over to this little booth. I'll never forget it. You could barely see the booth unless you, you knew it was there. And it was this, this tiny little Indian guy. And he looked at me. And he's like, yeah, when do you want to work? 
He gave me an application. I filled it out. Um, and that was it. He's like, you want to work tonight? You can come work at 7. And there was no other pretense. Like you said, there was an application, but he didn't really care about it, clearly. Um, were there any rules around you being a stripper? Like, did you have to get, like, you know, as far as bartenders are concerned, especially when you're 18, many of them have to get, like, a license to be a bartender. Was there anything like that to be a stripper? So there, there is. And the laws for stripping vary by county, which can be kind of nice. There's no blanket laws anywhere. So you get a lot of diversity in the kinds of clubs that you have. Our application for my club is very straightforward. Are you going to be a bartender or an entertainer? What is your name? What is your stage name? I had to get a background check because for strippers, they're looking for prostitution charges. That's really what they care about. They don't care about drugs. They don't care about, you know, motion, like car accidents or anything like that. They want to know if you're a hooker or not, because a lot of hookers do try to get into the club to up their clients. And it, it makes sense. It's a really easy way to get more customers um so they're looking for prostitution charges they won't hire a prostitute and so i had to fill the application and then i had three days to work before i had to go get my adult entertainer license for my county so i go down to the sheriff's office i pay 75 dollars fingerprints they take like a stripper mugshot it's really funny they they do they give you um (laughs) a piece of paper with the name of the club you work at and you have to hold it up in front of you <laughs> and they take a picture <laughs> of you. So I always smile for my picture because that's what goes on your permit. I want a pretty permit. And and now at what point did you have to decide what your stage name was? Because I'm assuming you didn't go up on stage and you're Laura and the DJ's like, hello everybody, this is Laura. Um, she's a stripper now. <laughs> I'm assuming there's a, there's a naming <laughs> process right? you always hear the funny stripper names. What was that whole process like? Yeah, that was actually, that's a really fun process. So I change my name every year because I think it's fun. And who doesn't want to change their name? You know, everyone thinks that at least once in their life. Oh, if it wasn't this name, what would it be? So he just asked me, what do you want to be? And I said, I don't know. What do I look like? And he said, you look like princess. Like, you look like a princess. And he's like, oh, you can't have princess. We already have a girl there named that. You can't have two girls named the same. That's how you start a fight. And <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no actual rule but there's a hidden underlying rule yeah just like you don't take a girl's song on stage you know how you start a fight um and so i was just thinking about it i didn't really know and the name penny popped in my head i thought it was cute it was kind of flirty you know i'm a young girl and so i said penny and he said yeah that that would fit you and then I, I learned that once you renew your permit, you can change your name because your stage name has to be on your permit for if the if the club gets raided, if the cops come in looking for something, um, no one's going to tell a cop their real name, you know. But you hear the girls dancing names over the speaker and you can figure out who is who. And so I've been Penny. I was Amy for a little bit. That was kind of fun. I was traveling. I was testing it out. I did Margarita from one night. Um, I did an amateur night competition and I was Margarita. Um, and now it's Vice. And I think I'm going to stick with that for a bit. I definitely want to, hopefully I'll remember to come back to the amateur night situation. Cause you definitely alluded to something that I don't even think we've spoken much about at all. Um, and I think, I think no, people probably not. just heard that. and are like, what is amateur night? That doesn't make any sense. But why don't you tell us what that first night stripping was like? Like you're an 18 year old girl. You know, you're just going to mm-hmm. college. Like you're just trying to pay for school. You're just trying to pay your living expenses, really, because you said school didn't yeah. really cost you much. Um, were you scared, nervous? What mm-hmm. was the what was the mentality going in? I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was so scared. Um, I started off working day shifts. My club is very, and it's like this in a lot of clubs, but my club is very um, segregated in the kind of clientele and the time of day. So, our my club when I first started, it's evolved now, but it was mostly black girls, black ki- black clientele at night. And during the day was white and some Spanish girls and mostly older clientele during the day. Um, you would get some construction workers thrown in there or people traveling was really common. Like if they had a flight in three hours, they'd stop by the club for an hour to kill time. Um, that's actually very common in my club because the airport is just a few miles away. 
So I was absolutely terrified. I went in on day shift first and I just felt weird. I felt very exposed and it sounds silly, but you don't think about really walking around in a thong and underwear or a thong and bra until you actually do it. And I felt like I was, I felt very exposed. And now you have a thong and underwear on now. Was this just like you like chose your sexiest lingerie from your drawer? What was, how do you choose your outfit? Yeah, that's what I did the first night. There are stripper clothes that you can buy from stripper stores or any sex stores, really. And it's just really durable material. Think like a swimsuit with four layers of material. It's very thick and durable, like lasts us for years. But I just chose what I had in my drawer at the time because I didn't really have the money to go out and get anything. And I didn't know what to get. So it was explained to me that we had rules at my club. You have to you have to cover your asshole. So you can't have any crotchlets, fannies, or anything like that. Nothing sheer where you can see the asshole. You have to cover your vagina all the way. So again, nothing sheer, no crotchless panties. That was a rule in my club. Because we're only topless. And that's a good way to get arrested if we get raided. If you're you know showing your vagina on stage or your asshole, the cops can arrest you. And now is that a, could they arrest you because you're like in the county? It is mm-hmm. illegal to do that because I know yeah. there are other clubs and we'll, we'll get to this, that they're allowed to do that. Yeah, that was just for my county because it's considered solicitation. Gotcha. Um, and that, that leads to prostitution. So that was a rule that we had. Um, we're In my club, we were supposed to wear pasties. So pasties are stickers for your nipples so you don't see your nipples and the dj the dj was the manager and he was like well you know you you should have a pair on you but you don't have to really wear them all the time so i just didn't wear them because they hurt to take off (laughs) you know imagine ripping a band-aid off your nipple after eight hours um, what else do we have? The lap dancers have a lot of rules around them. They wanted you to keep one foot on the ground at all times, so no straddling the customer. Um, I soon came to find out that nobody followed that rule. <laughs> <laughs> How soon did you figure that one out? Oh, within 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, they did enforce the rule. You couldn't stand over a customer. And I know how that sounds. But my club had horizontal poles running behind the couches where you got lap dances. So girls would be doing tricks on top of the customers. Um, and so we would use the pole a lot to, to do tricks while we were giving a lap dance. Okay, so I'm, I'm assuming standing over, not just like somebody like puffing up their chest and standing over another person. This is like literally standing on the sofa literally standing on the sofa you're holding on to the horizontal pole in front of you and girls would do crazy like splits and stuff they just want to make sure you weren't sitting on a guy's face essentially gotcha i guess that makes sense yeah um that solicitation now do you have any stories from that first night you'd like to share these stories um because you did did write a blog about it I did. So that, that's my first night. My first day shift stripping really wasn't very eventful. I was awkward. I was scared. I started to get more confident as I made money. Um, I had a customer tell me I gave the worst lap dance he's ever had in his life. <laughs> and that was on the first night? Yeah. I'd like to think I've gotten better since then. <laughs> <laughs> My first night shift dancing, I, I started dancing night shift because I want more money. Just point blank. Well, let's let's speak to that really quick before we jump forward. On that first night, how much money did you make on that first day shift? My first day shift, I made $500. So you still did pretty well for a, you know 18-year-old girl, just first night in the club. I did. Although, this is something funny. Everyone loves the new girl. So there's customers at my club that I've known for three or four years since I started dancing, essentially. And like I said, I change my name every year. And so my name will come on over the speakers and everyone thinks I'm a new girl. And I I also wear a lot of fake hair and wigs to work. And so 
I'm, you know, I might, maybe I'm wearing different hair. I have a new name, even though it's the same face. They're like, oh, it's the new girl. And I always make more money the month that I change my name than I do the whole year. <laughs> Everyone loves the new girl. Well, alrighty then. I guess that makes sense. Did you notice that when you first got there? That when they found out you were new, that they were more drawn to you? Yes. Yes. And when they found out I had never stripped before, they were very drawn to me. Gotcha. Now, you were dating somebody at the time, correct? I, yes, I was. He now, did was not it, know. <laughs> now, was this a conversation you had beforehand? You were like, hey, I'm going to go try this out. Um, I hope that you don't mind. Or what was the conversation? Um, we didn't have a conversation about it because I didn't want my decision to be influenced by him because he had been, I've been trying to get a job for a very long time and it, and I was frustrated that I couldn't get hired and he, you know, he kept telling me, you know, you'll find something eventually, eventually. And I knew if I asked his opinion, he would say absolutely not. And I didn't want that judgment i didn't want his opinion i want to do it because i knew i could make money so i went i did it and i told him after the fact and how was that conversation after the fact it was not good um (laughs) we got in a fight he kicked me out of his house that night and our relationship was over was that what you were expecting or did you have no preconceived notions did you when you were going to go tell him, what did you expect his reaction to be? I knew there was going to be a fight. And I thought he was going to give me an ultimatum. Like, stop didn't. stripping and we're fine. And mm-hmm. if you continue, I'll leave you. That's what you were expecting? Yes. So, you know, the possibility that we were going to break up was in my head. But I thought, you know, oh, he, he's my boyfriend. He cares about me. You know, he's not going to just literally kicked me out and that's exactly what happened (laughs) i definitely want to speak to what it's like to date as a stripper um a little later in the conversation but i do want to know because i just think it's so interesting because obviously everybody has started a job right in the first week you're just trying to feel it out but stripping is much different because you're starting a much more unique job where you said clearly you're exposed you're a very young girl in a club where there's probably a whole bunch of stuff going on that you've probably never experienced at all. What is the first week like? And, and when did you start getting more comfortable with stripping? The first week was intense. After my first shift, I slept 13 hours. My roommate came in to make sure I was still alive. I ate more food than I've ever eaten in my life. Just because the work was that intense? Mm-hmm. I don't, I wasn't used to wearing eight inch heels all the time. I was very sore. I had a lot of bruises from the pole. Um, my legs were tense. My back hurt. The first year of dancing, I had such excruciating back pain. I would wake up in the morning. I would set my alarm early because I knew it would take that long to get out of bed. I was in so much pain sometimes that I couldn't move my body. It was like I was paralyzed almost because my back was just hurt so bad. And that eventually that went away. But the first week, no, when you're stripping, no one really cares about you because every girl is out there trying to make her money. All she cares about is her money and that no one's standing in the way of that. And I kind of feel the same way now. Whenever a new girl comes in the club, I kind of check her out to see if she's competition or not. And then I don't really think about her. She's got to figure it out. So no one tells you how to hustle men. I was very fortunate. I made a friend that first week and she still works at the club. She's now a bartender. She's retired from stripping. And she kind of gave me some pointers. And I got in with a good group of girls, which I'm very lucky for. Because a lot of girls there aren't good friends. They come across as nice and, and healthy. And you know, they want just welcome you in. And then they steal money out of your bag. So I was fortunate. I got in quite literally steal money out of your literally bag. steal money out of your bag yes i've had that happen to me before as well and so i'm very fortunate i got in with a good group of girls and they taught me how to talk to men they taught me how to hustle men through conversation 
because I'm not the best pole dancer. I can do a few tricks. I'm not the best at lap dances, but I'm really good with people and I can talk to people. And so I just learned as much as I could from them that first week. They said, go up to every man and talk to him. Keep your eye on the clock. If you're not making money within five or 10 minutes, you need to move on. Um, get to the point, go get, get stuck in a two hour conversation to sell just one lap dance. Um, you want to maximize your money in the least amount of time possible. Well, I think this is a good transition to the next question I had was, you know, there's definitely many different ways you interact with customers at a strip club, right? There's the floor, like you just said, like hustling and, and speaking to the guys. There's the pole. Um, and then there's lap dances. Tell us how each is unique in the way that you make money and also your your potential to make money at each of those spots. Yeah. So lap dances is how I make my money for sure. In the last few years, I've gotten more and more stage money because I've learned how to work this stage better. Because you do hustle on the stage. It's not just all dancing. For some girls, it is just all dancing, but they don't make as much stage money. You can hustle on stage. The conversation is what gets you to the lap dance. So you want, you're flirting with the guy. You know how if you're on a date with someone and, and you like them and they touch your arm or something or they touch your back and you kind of get a little jittery, like excited? That's the feeling yes. that I'm assuming these men are getting. You want it, you flirt with them, you interact with them, you make the conversation all about them and you act as if everything they have to say is the most important thing you're hearing that day. You, you make them feel wanted. You make them feel like the most wanted man in the world. And then you say, well, come on, let's go, let's go do a dance. You know, let's go do something in private. Let's just be you and me. We just had this great conversation. Let's just go get away from everyone. Right? And then you give them a lap dance. Now, as far as lap dances go, um, is it like you talked about girls doing tricks with the pole? Is it usually like that or is it just kind of a... A simple thing. It's very straightforward and simple. Um, you can get easily taken advantage of during lap dances. Men are much stronger than we are, so you have to set your boundaries. Because once you get the once you sell the lap dance, you're happy because you're making money. But then it's just another hurdle to get over. It's like, okay, how is this guy going to act? Because there's different customers, and when it comes to lap dances, there's guys that are really rough and and it hurts <laughs> there's the guys that will hold you down on them so you can't move there's men that just sit there which are my favorite kind of men but then it kind of gets awkward because you're it's like you're dancing over a statue that's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> there's the lickers they have their own circle in hell and they try to lick <laughs> <laughs> They try to lick you, and it's, it's. I will never understand it. I can understand maybe a man grabbing you or holding you. That's fine, but licking a woman you don't know, a stripper no less. I don't know. Now, do you think people would be surprised at the abundance of liquors out there? Or is it still a pretty <laughs> small? Com is it still a pretty small population of people? I think. I don't. I hope people aren't surprised because licking can be intimate, but not in the strip club. In the strip club, it's weird. It's unsanitary. It's a red flag. Now, obviously, like you said, men are stronger than these strippers most of the time. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And there's guys who are rough, and they're getting excited. Are there boundaries that you have to set? And if so, I'm assuming it's not a conversation like hey, you can't do this to me. Here's my list. Like, I have my scroll. Here's my, my rules. What is, what is it like setting boundaries? So, And what are those some boundaries? Men, some men do ask you right away. They say, okay, what are your rules? And these are usually the, men, the older men that have been going to strip clubs for years and seen the evolution of clubs and rules in different cities. And they kind of know that every club is different. Right. Um, and so I like that. Do they follow my rules? Not all the time, but they ask, so they get a brownie point for that. Usually, you you take it as it happens. I do the same lap dance every time. And so there's a very vulnerable point where you're, you're 
you're laying on the customer, like your back is on his chest, and he can just reach around and grab your vagina. He can reach around and put his hands right mm-hmm. in. And I can't I can't stop him. I can try to push him away, but if he's determined, he's gonna he's gonna win. And that's when you call your bouncer. Or you just close your eyes and wait for it to be over. And now I'm assuming as you've gone through the stripping life more, I'm assuming when you were young, it was probably very hard to f- navigate that situation. Other than, you know, calling the bouncer, what's the navigation like mm-hmm. today? Um, I'll say I'll push him away or try to, and I'll say, you know, no, you can't do that. I try to make it kind of flirty because you can't sound scared or you can't sound angry because once right. you flip that switch, there's no going back. And you just lost a customer. Yeah. I'm always trying to sell another lot bands. So I just kind of try to laugh it off and say, oh, you can't do that. You know, you're breaking the rules and make it playful. Because then he's more likely to be like, oh, okay, okay. And now right. it's fun. Now it's a game. Now, obviously, there are rules for yourself personally. Um, mm-hmm. Are there certain things that other girls do? that breaks your own rules what are some things that you might be able to expect in a strip club from the different employees so my personal rules obviously don't finger me don't finger my asshole don't pull my panties down don't lick me and don't kiss me in any capacity don't kiss my neck don't kiss my chest my face don't do it because i i still enjoy sex and I still get turned on. I'm still very intimate. A lot of these girls aren't turned on by sex anymore. They don't really have sex because it's just another person touching them at this point. But I still have that feeling. I want to preserve that. Um, other girls will full-blown make out with their clients. They'll let them finger them. Um, you know, what's, I don't, what's it called? when They'll, like, give them... Like, rub their tits on their dick through their shorts. Gotcha. I think we can all imagine. Anything like that. And, I mean, this happens in every club. Some of these girls are so sugar daddy, and they've been with him for a few months or a couple years even. So, it's expected. Um, That's a whole other conversation that I know absolutely nothing about. (laughs) Then we could skip that one then. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, like you guys have your own personal rules. Some girls' boundaries are looser. Are there rules at the club that, mm-hmm. hey, you're not supposed to do this? Do clubs have different rules? Yeah. So when I worked in Jacksonville, I worked at a full nude club. And the manager said to me, it was full nude and full contact, which means I was fully naked in a private room with a guy giving him a lap dance. And the manager said to me, there is no fucking allowed, but other than that, you set your own prices. So, obviously, a solicitation was expected at this club. And I don't know for Jacksonville. I don't. I was traveling. I stopped there one night. I saw a club, and I said, hey, maybe I'll go make some money. So, that was a really hard night. I was very tired because a lot of the men were expecting oral sex. More. Yeah. At all of it. And a lot of them came to the the club, didn't serve any liquor, beer, or wine because it was full nude and full contact. But a lot of the guys would come to the club already drunk. So. So it's definitely a, a mess trying to navigate all those situations. And now, is that a type yes. of club you would work at again, considering that you have more strict limitations on what you do? Or is it something you would do again? You just have to understand the, the navigation process. I would work in a full nude club again, but not that one. Because the full nude and full contact, if I'm not making upwards of $600 an hour in a private champagne room, I'm I'm not doing that. That's just, I don't want, you know, 50 men, different men touching me full nude for eight hours. Not my job. Fair enough. Now, you spoke a little bit about the relationship with your girls at the club. Um, what is that relationship like? It, it sounds like it's very competitive. Um, and then how many strippers are typically working at any it time? Is, 
it's very competitive. There's definitely clicks in the club. We, my club, we used to be busier than we were. So we would turn girls away um, if they came in. So if we got, I think, more than 50 girls working, we would say, like, we have too many girls tonight. You don't, you can't work. So I was getting, nights to start at seven and I was getting there at six to make sure that I had a spot in the lineup, basically. Um, and the interactions among the girls, it really depends. It depends on the girl. I walk in, I find a chair, I do my makeup, I sit down and I do my thing. I've looked at girls in the mirror, just glancing up and they're like, what are you looking at me for? Um, other girls will, as soon as another girl leaves the dressing room, they'll just start you know, bad-mouthing them. It really just depends on the girl. So you guys aren't buddy-buddy getting drinks afterwards? No. Only only a couple girls have I done that with. There was a dancer, and I won't, I won't say her name just because you want to respect her privacy, but her and I were very good friends, and afterwards we go to Waffle House and we get breakfast at 3 a.m. Gotcha. Um, I've hung out with her in the downtown area. But that was one girl. And I've been dancing for five years. Now, speaking of, you know, just friends as strippers, have you ever tried to get any of your friends to be strippers? Because obviously, like, we all have friends that we've tried to, hey, like, come, like, work at the bar with me or whatever. Is that a common thing with girls and stripping? Yes, I have done that. Um, what is the experience like? It was it was fun. Um, it was around Thanksgiving when I was in college, and I finally told my best friend at the time that I was a stripper, and she was like, "Why didn't you tell me before? That's super cool. Like, I want to try it." She was all in, and then she brought two of her other friends that were kind of in the same friend group as us, and that kind of was a weird dynamic because my good friend at the time was also going through some emotional stuff that I wasn't aware of, and the club is not a good place to be if you're any kind of emotional um the other two girls i just didn't really like them as strippers a lot of girls in the club will put on like a lesbian act on stage or they'll work together and that's fine but it gets old very fast and that was their thing they did the lesbian thing on stage and I just, I kind of think in my head, if you can't make money alone, then why are you here? If you always have to do the lesbian act, like, can you really hustle? If everyone wants to right. see two beautiful girls getting it on. Like, that's hot. Of course. Is there a variance in the quality of a club? What features of a club lead it to be higher or lower quality? Obviously, you and I went to a club in Boston that you suggested was very nice what was the difference between like that club what's your club like so on and so forth yeah so the club in boston was lovely i would love to work there great club when we went the bouncers actually talked to us and shook our hands and didn't immediately ask for our id and our money they they all yeah they were, they were great guys yeah, we were on the sidewalk and they already made us feel welcome we walked in absolutely manager walk where, where would you like to sit he walks us over. If we had to go to the ATM or, or the bathroom, they walk us over there. My club, you don't do that. My club, you get padded down. We do the metal, the metal swiper thing. Um, there's a dress code at my club. So after seven, no white t-shirts, no flip-flops, no gym shorts. Because um, they want to get rid of any gang-related signs. Because, again, my club isn't the best. Um, so I would say a good club, you, you don't have that kind of TSA feeling like you're getting patted down, like you're doing something wrong just by being there. Right. You just feel like you're going to a nice bar. Exactly. Also the way the stage is set up too. So when we were at the club in Boston, we were down, the stage was elevated when you sat on stage at my club, the customers are sitting at stage. Like you would sit at a dinner table. It's right there. Also, the prices. So, if it costs- now, what's the now? Can you explain for us the difference between the elevated stage versus kind of the dinner table stage? 
Yeah, so an elevated stage usually means you can't touch the girls on stage. And we saw that in Boston. The guys would kind of get a little handsy and, and the bouncers would come over. So an elevated stage usually means there's stage rules. You can't touch the girl. She can't touch you. I worked in a club like that when I was in Savannah, Georgia. I was working in a very nice club. And the stage was, um, there was lots of rules on stage. There was a bouncer. There was stairs actually to get up on stage. It was literally, literally a stage. So the bouncer would walk me up on stage. We had to wear nightgowns at that club. Um, You were dancing for three to five songs. It was not a short set at all. You were up there for a good 20 minutes. You had to take off the gown. You had to take off your bra by by the third song, I believe it was. You had to take off your bra. And that was a topless only bar. So you just stopped at the bra. And then afterwards, you had to get dressed again. The bouncer would walk you down the stairs. Um, You weren't allowed to chew gum on the floor. You weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes on the floor. You weren't allowed to use your phone on the floor. And if a club has more levels, that's also a nicer club. So, Like literally floors. Literally floors. We have stairs to go to another floor to another floor. Yes. And the higher you go, the more money you spend. Also, floors and what you can buy. So you at the club in Savannah, you could buy a table dance for 14 bucks. And a table dance was, what, three minutes? You just made $14 in three minutes. Um, then you could do a private dance, which was 25 Then you could do a private room, which was, I think, in the 50 to 100 range. And then you could do a champagne room, which was $300. It was 150 for the 15 minutes. 300 for 30 minutes and 600 for an hour. Now, speaking of that, what is the typical cost of a lap dance? 25 to 35. And how long does a lap dance last? A song, so three and a half, four minutes. It's a pretty good hourly rate. It's a very good hourly rate. You usually <laughs> pay $5 out to your house, so you're either making 20 or 30 bucks. But Now, speaking of that, what is the relationship between a stripper and their club? Like there's, so there's some sort of like house fee. There's some sort of like payment that goes on. Do they take like a percentage cut? It depends on the club. Again, it varies by County, but you're an independent contractor. So you have to pay to use the club to sell your services, which is lap dance, entertainment, pole dancing, whatever. So I have to pay to work every night. My club is $75, which is cheap. That is a very cheap house fee. I dance. Like $75 just to show up. Yep, just to show up. Um, and then I paid $5 per dance. So I make 20 bucks on my dances. Um, in Miami, I paid, I think, $100 to work. And that's cheap for Miami. Now, any of when the was, extra money that you're getting from guys, is that taken into account or is that all yours? Nope, that's all mine. So it's just the house fee and then a, a small percentage cut for the lap dance. Yeah, that's the bare minimum. My club doesn't have a DJ anymore. We have an automated music system. But I used to have to pay out the DJ 20 bucks If I liked what he was playing or wanted him to play something, I'd throw him a 5 or a 10 We used to have to pay the bouncers, which this is normal. Usually you do have to pay your bouncers. We used to have to pay 5 bucks a bouncer. If we'd have 5 or 6 bouncers at night, it's like 30 bucks. Um, and I'd always throw them a few extra dollars because they work for tips too. So my club used to be very expensive to work at, and it's gotten it's gotten a lot cheaper. Have you noticed a decrease in the quality with the decreased cost? I would say we have a decrease in the quality of girls. But as far as clientele, no. We have different clientele, but I wouldn't say a decreased quality. The men do like... We used to have our lap dances completely open because my club was not very... The girls weren't trustworthy. We got raided a lot. The more the managers could see what was going on, the better. Now we actually have a private room. But it's still... The bouncer still walks in and checks everything out. Now, this is kind of interesting because this was one of my next questions. You kind of alluded to some of it. Strip clubs are often portrayed in movies and I guess just in our own heads as places where, you know, drugs and gangs are just around. How much of that is true? You mentioned that you get raided often. Um, are they raiding it because it's a legitimate thing to do at a strip club? Cause that's what you do. Cause it's a strip club. 
or is it all a fallacy? I don't know from the police standpoint if they do regular raids on clubs. I'd be interested to find that out. I know my club was raided because we were the drug club. You could get any kind of drug anywhere you wanted in that club. I've seen people smoking crack in the club. And we used to be so busy. It was shoulder to shoulder. You know, you could do anything in there. And it would it would take a lot to find that one person out of the hundreds of people packed into that club. So I've been approached right. by drug dealers before. There was a party one time. There's lots of men. They had nice clothes, nice jewelry, whatever. And they sat me down and told me, look, this is what you have to do. You just have to deliver this and this. And then we come into the club to see you and we throw you your money on stage. And while that sounds great, you, you don't want those drugs on you. You don't want the pressure of having to go sell those now. Right. Not only do you not want to be a drug dealer on top of the fact that you're doing a legal <laughs> thing, which is being a stripper. Um, but you also, I'm assuming now you're going to be tied to those guys in some sort of way that you, they didn't tell you about, but now you are. Exactly. Because what if they call you to a house you've never been to, put you in a room alone? What? There's so many what ifs in that scenario. Now, did it just happen that one time or have you been approached like that numerous times? It just happened that one time, but I've, talk to other guys who were tipping me and they're like oh yeah like i sell x y and z and they were just and they're nice people they're just tipping me they didn't try to lure me in or anything like that there's also undercover cops that will come in the club and try to do that or they'll try to take a girl out of the club to try to catch a prostitute so you you have to be careful of that you always want to look in their wallets. why do you want to look in their wallets for a badge or a military id or a you know state id anything anything that could lead you to oh it's an undercover cop and now i'm assuming that's just when you're doing the nefarious things correct yes (laughs) (laughs) now have you ever had that like a cop who came in with his badge that was just there to be a just a patron i've had a secret service guy come in interesting yeah so bartenders occasionally drink on the job right but at the same time, it's mm. not allowed, right? That's not something bartenders are typically allowed to do. What are the rules around strippers and drinking? Because obviously there's drinks going around. Just like you take mm. a girl on a date and just want to buy her a drink, do guys just buy strippers drinks? What's the deal there? Yeah, that's actually a big part of... I used to have this rule where I didn't drink Monday through Friday. I only drank on the weekends. Yeah, you've been breaking that rule a little bit recently. I have been. I've been enjoying my. You used to have this rule up until like two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> it sometimes you got to spice up life, and so it's really hard because a lot of your money is tied to alcohol. If you're not 21, you can't drink in the club, but you can show your boobs, whatever. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, and so it's it's just like if you were to go out with your friends, like you you handle yourself you know you're you're an adult you know your limit don't go past it and a lot of girls do and i've seen a lot of puke in the dressing room now how did this how did your work life change before you were 21 and then after you're 21 how did my work life change yeah no as a stripper i mean oh well i was definitely drinking more that's when i learned how to pole dance i was drunk when i first started pole dancing my first so you didn't really learn how to pole dance uh, beforehand? No. I just, I mean, I was, I'm a good looking person. I just walk around, you know, move my hips a little bit. There's little things I'd see girls do that I would do, but I didn't do any tricks. I was by no means like a trick girl. Gotcha. And then after I turned 21, I could drink and then I got confident. And everyone knows what liquid courage feels like. And it works for me. Yes. I didn't fall. I've never fallen doing a trick. I do my tricks well. I practice them. I, you know, I do it drunk. And I build up the confidence to actually go even attempt to do it. And then I go back and practice when I was sober. Now, are the tricks because the guys really like it? Do people say, hey, do this thing? Do you get more money when you do tricks? What's the What's the deal there? It's for the girls. We're just competing. We're showing off to each other. Look, I'm stronger than you. Look, I can do this and you can't. Look, and now, I can't split. 
And now if you didn't do any of that, those things, do you think you'd notice a decrease in the amount of money you make? No. It'd be the exact same. Exact same. Yep. Some so of the for, highest earning girls in my club did not do any tricks. They just go up there, move around a little bit, call it a day. Yeah. Now, for us guys out there, or girls, or whoever you are, um, when it comes to etiquette, could you give us some you know, uh, approaches on how to make sure we properly engage with a stripper at a club? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Uh, don't be mean. That's the first thing. They're, I've walked up to men and they say, go away. And so that just puts me in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Um, don't assume that you can do anything. Play off of, just like if you're flirting with someone, play off of their body language. You know, if you meet a girl that does extras and she puts her hand on your vagina, on her vagina, then, you know, just go off of the, the energy at that point. But just really be nice and just be respectful of us because we're still humans. We still have boundaries. You wouldn't like it if you were in a club and someone just came up and grabbed your dick. Don't do it to us. Um, don't talk down to us. A lot of us are very smart. A lot of us are in college, have second jobs. So don't assume because we're a stripper we're dumb. That will also put us in a bad mood. And pay a stripper for her time. If you're not there to spend money, you need to make that known right away. But in a nice way. Don't try to get someone into a conversation just to waste her time. Don't keep saying, oh yeah, I'll buy a lap dance, I'll buy a lap dance. Let her know up front if you're going to spend any money on her or not. If you like her, give her a few bucks because we're working. You know, if you see a girl and you think, oh, I might want to dance from her. I want to talk to her first. Like, throw her a five. Guaranteed she'll come over. Now, I have, obviously, you and I have gone to a strip club before, but I've dated girls in the past. We're like, oh, it'd be so much fun to go to a strip club with you. Do you ever see couples come into the club? And then what's that dynamic like? (laughs) It's interesting. We had an old couple that came in and the old lady was bi. She was bisexual. They, they loved it. He liked that. She got to enjoy girls. She liked enjoying girls. They did their thing. They spent money. They were respectful and they left, you know, they're also in their seventies. So I think they're pretty comfortable in their relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Young people coming into the club that are in relationships, I think if if your girlfriend's not a stripper, you're in for a world of hurt, buddy. <laughs> it's probably going to be worse than both of you thought it was. Yep. Um, if you're going in there to spice up your sex life, I would say don't. Um, Pornhub is free. <laughs> um, there's, <laughs> I've seen so many couples fight in the strip club because the girl gets jealous. Or the girl gets drunk and jealous. And, and that just makes it all worse. Yes. Yeah, that's just hilarious to me because it's like you know where you're going. Why you can't get mad at him? You're there. You're at the place where that happens. And we don't want your boyfriend. We want his money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your boyfriend is tipping me. I don't care who you are. I'm going to pay attention to him until he stops tipping me. Then I'm going to move on. <laughs> Speaking of which, how much money can you expect to make as a stripper? Oh, it, it depends on where you are and your level of hustle, but you shouldn't be making less than 500 a shift. You just 500 a shift. Yeah. Now, Maybe of course, there's night shift and there's day shift. Is that mm-hmm. including day shift as well? Day shift is tricky. I know that some girls lose money on day shift. They go in and pay their house fee. So you're in the hole 75 bucks and then no one comes in. Um, my club is really good about that. If it's a slow day or only a few customers come in, they'll discount the house fee or they'll just say no house fee for that day, which is really nice because they don't have to do that. But day shift is weird. You know, if you make 500 on a day shift, like that might be a good day shift for your club. When I was in Georgia, I did a day shift. I made 700. So it really just depends on the club and the area. But on night shift, you should be making 500 up. Now, what's the most amount of money you've ever made in a night? And then where was that? 1300 in Georgia. 
in Georgia. Gotcha. Um, now, is this do a lot of strippers strip like five nights a week? Is it an everyday thing, or is it just kind of something you just go into every once in a while and then leave? So, because we're independent contractors, we do have that freedom to work whenever we want. My club asks that if you work a weekend, which are busiest nights, that you work a weekday. So we also have girls during the the weeks. Um, but you can work whenever you want. You're an independent contractor. You have no hourly rate. You have no reason to be there when you don't want to be. So now, although they ask you to do that, you're not bound by that, some sort of contractual obligation. No. And my manager is very good to me. When I was taking night classes and I was in school full-time, I would say, listen, I can get there at 10 p.m. And he, and he worked around that, which was fantastic. Um, I can only work a couple nights a week right now with my schedule because I do have another job and I'm going to school. And my manager understands that. But if you're only stripping, if it's the only thing you're doing, I would say work three or four nights a week. Make, you know, make money while you can. Why, what's stopping you from just stacking it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, how have your views of stripping changed over the course of your 23 now? It's been about four or five years. How have your views of stripping changed? It used to be hard for me to, to think about the fact that I was a stripper. I was ashamed about it. I didn't tell anybody. I felt dirty when I came home from work. Um, I felt like I would... I, I had resigned myself to the fact that I wouldn't have a boyfriend and I'd be single until I wasn't a stripper. I just thought that, like, no, no man's going to date me. Why would they? You know? Since then, I've become very confident in it. I've danced in different clubs. I've educated myself. I've set clear boundaries at work. I've gone on dates. Um, one of my rules when I meet a guy is I tell him the fourth time we hang out and there can be no alcohol involved because people get emotional. And I've had lots of bad experiences telling men that I like that I'm a stripper and that it just all goes to shit. Now, of course, I know our experience is a positive one. Have you had experiences since you put that rule in place that were positive or negative in either direction? Yeah, so... The positive ones, usually usually the guys don't believe me. They're like, oh, no, you're not. They don't believe me at all. Um, I would say that's a positive one, right? The negative ones, I've had guys, once I tell them I'm a stripper, it just becomes about sex. That's all it is to mm-hmm. them. And then I've had someone say to me, you know, I would date you, but you're a stripper. Like, I can't take you home to mom. And that just, that was like soul crushing. It's like, wow. I'm not worthy of meeting someone's mom because I'm a stripper. Now, with all that in mind, what has kept you being a stripper? Obviously, especially in the beginning, maybe the first couple of years, you really thought negatively of yourself because you were a stripper. With all of that and also the dating and also people saying these things to you, what made you keep going? It was the freedom I got from it. Stripping gave me financial freedom, one. And with financial freedom, just came freedom in general. If I had to, I could take a week off of work. Who can do that? I could take a month off of work. I saved so much money that I I sat down to my finances one day and I realized I could not work for six months and be totally fine. And that feeling is incredible. I can I could literally do whatever I wanted. And also I was able to help out my family. My sister went through a hard time, and so I, I paid her bills for a year. I helped her. She was in immense credit card debt. I helped her get out of her credit card debt, um, paid her rent, her groceries, anything she needed. Um, when my father died, I was able to take off a month and go home to my mom, and I didn't have to worry about a thing. When I needed a new car, I could go buy a brand new 2021 and not worry about it. It. I just, the freedom is, is incredible. And the freedom gave me the time to do things that matter to me. It gave me time to focus on myself and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I could take mental health days and not have to worry about it. I could buy lavish gifts for my friends and family and not worry about it. I could buy myself nice things and not worry about it. That just mental load taken off your, taken off is, you can't describe it. 
Do you ever worry about people finding out that you're a stripper? Yes. Explain it. With my friends, I'm not too worried about it because they're my friends. Only if two family members know I'm a stripper. And I have a blog and I'm doing this, so, you know. Yeah, I guess you're kind of putting it out there at this point. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm worried about people that I look up to finding out because I don't want their their view of me to change. So, like, my professors at school, previous employers that I've had that I admire, um, my uncles, my aunts, people that I, I don't want them to look at me any different. And you worry that telling them that you strip would have a negative impact. Yes. Do you worry about I your do. job prospects going forward? Because obviously you're in grad school for environmental science. You want to get your doctorate. Do you worry about that having a negative impact moving forward? I do. I don't know if it would affect me getting a job or not, or if it would put me in danger of when I have a job. Because like I said, when you tell men that you're a stripper they kind of feel like they can do whatever they want to you because you're a stripper. And that's not the case. Um, I'm, I'm worried about that because I've been in compromising situations. I've felt cornered by a man before I've been sexually assaulted. I don't want that to happen again. And I don't want to give a man any reason to think that he can do that. And I think telling them I'm a stripper would, would give them that false permission. And I do believe that women in the workplace are kind of up against it as well. Carly Fiorina, who was the CEO of HP, spoke to this in, in some detail, and I was very impressed by her story. And she just said she had to be more aggressive than the men to overcome the fact that people already looked at her a certain way because she was a woman. Now, throw in, I'm a stripper into that, you're probably up against a little bit more. Yes. I never thought about how women would perceive you in the workplace. That, that's interesting. I'm saying men and women perceiving a woman mm -hmm. who is also a stripper. Yeah. You know, are, already you're a woman in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're a woman who either was a stripper or currently does it on the weekends. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be tough. Yeah. What do you think most people get wrong about strippers? That we're, A, not intelligent, and B, that we're all drug addicts. Now, do you think that either of those things have truth to it? Not to be rude, but do you think the percentage of women who are drug addicts as strippers is higher? Obviously, you spoke to there being a lot of drugs in certain clubs, there being a lot of drugs at your club. Um, have you seen a higher propensity for women who are drug addicts as strippers versus just in your normal everyday life? Yes, I, I have. Yes, definitely. And a lot of the, funnily enough, the girls that I know. Funnily, yeah. <laughs> the girls that I know push drugs don't do drugs, which mm -hmm. good on them because that's another dark, twisted path. But other girls, yes, all the time. Just last weekend, I was working and I walked in on two girls. They're they came to work high. They were doing blow all night. I walked in on them doing blow in the in the bathroom. They were a mess. I've seen girls. You know, needles in the toilet, needles in the trash can, bruises on arms. It's really hard to, to hide. Little blood spots in the toilet paper in the bathroom. Definitely, there is some truth behind that statement. But it's not a, you can't blanket statement that to all the girls out no, there. No, you can't. Absolutely not. As an example, I believe you and I were speaking about a politician recently who mm -hmm. came out about her being a stripper. Yeah, she came out about it. Now, you had some feelings about that. Could you describe what that was? I felt like she's a stripper and so what? Why does it have to be such a big thing? Why does it have to be such a big deal? It doesn't make her some... And I'm not trying to... I'm not putting her down or being negative about her, but why should that make her stand out? Yeah, she's a stripper. Okay, so what? Now she's a politician. I, I didn't see why there was such a big commotion around it. Do you feel differently now? You sound like you have some different different of opinions after first looking at that situation. Yes, and after we spoke to, because 
I, I do think because I've never been a customer and I started stripping so young, I have a different view than everyone else, at least those that, that aren't like me. And so when we spoke about it and you mentioned it, she's really courageous because now she's going to face all of these challenges, but it shouldn't be something she has to hide. Now, I, I agree with that viewpoint, because if I were a politician, I would not tell anyone I was a stripper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just going back to the Carly Fiorina story, you know, she became the CEO of HP after much after many barriers that she had to break in order to do so. Imagine Carly Fiorina having to become the CEO of HP, who is also a stripper and had to tell people about that. I mean, I, the journey obviously becomes probably significantly more challenging. And a lot of people probably found out when she made that announcement that I've known her her whole life and never knew. Right. Yeah, it never knew and probably either should have known or were upset that they didn't know. Because mm-hmm. it's like, imagine if you had a job for X amount of period of time and you didn't tell your mom. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would be like that. Oh, how, what are you doing for work, honey? Oh, I'm sales at whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. why didn't you tell me how long you've been doing it? A year. It's like, oh, well, what the, what the hell? I'm your mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have any crazy stories you haven't uh, shared yet? Any crazy stories? Yeah, anything you want to send us off with? Ooh. Um, I'm definitely... I've seen some crazy things. Not all in one night. I've seen... It looks painful. I'll preface it with that. I've seen a female customer fingering a stripper... And they had put two chairs together. And the girl was literally just had her hand resting on the chair with her fingers straight up. And the stripper was bouncing on top of her fingers. Like. Interesting. Just putting everything she had into that. That was interesting. I've seen girls. Um, they When they're on stage, they spread their legs super wide. And they can kind of. I, I guess they're making themselves queef. I don't know, but air comes out and men will put dollars on their vagina and it'll just kind of puff up. Oh, well. <laughs> that is one I don't think I'd want to see if I were at a strip club, but I'm glad somebody enjoys it. I've seen um, the beer bottle on the ass, of course. Classic. Um, Can you describe that one? I'm not necessarily sure <laughs> I'm getting the right picture here. You take a beer bottle and the shiver will hold it in between her, her butt cheeks. Simple yeah. enough. Um, ass clapping. That's when it's usually girls with the fake butts can do this. They just jump up and down and they make their ass cheeks like clap together and it sounds like you're clapping your hands. i've seen a lot of weird stuff like that yeah i would imagine i mean it's just such a such an interesting environment where you have a customer base that wants the absurd right you Mm -hmm. you want obviously the the sexual not even gratification maybe but the sexual enticement of being in a strip club but then there's people who go in there who are so desensitized to the normal that they want the odd the Mm -hmm. the esoteric yeah we had a, a foot guy. I tried to get in with him, but he didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> he had a foot fetish. And he would pay girls to to lick their toes and, like, put their toes in his mouth. And these <laughs> girls made a lot of money. And I thought, they were raking it oh, in. man, I thought, if that's all I have to do, I can go wash my feet after. No big deal. <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard. He just... He, I wasn't his type, I guess. Yeah. So. Unfortunate. <laughs> well, Laura, this was a lot of fun. Um, I really appreciate you answering all these questions and, you know, having your name put at the title of a of an episode like this. And, you know, I appreciate that you have your blog and you tell these stories because I don't think a lot of people get it, right? They, they have a skewed perception of what stripping is. Um I think this conversation would probably enlighten a lot of people. But, oh, it's different. And you know, this is somebody I could definitely listen to um, who's a stripper and they are making a lot of sense. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on and doing this. It was really fun. And I hope that people have some more understanding now 
of the strip club. And it's not a scary place. It's fun. You can go party and have fun. Yeah, and if you go to that really nice one in Boston, I'll give it a shout-out. Centerfolds in Boston. Mm-hmm. Very nice club. Uh, I had never been to a strip club previous to that. Um, and it was a great experience. I didn't feel weird at all. Uh, the bouncers were very nice. It was a very oddly welcoming environment. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, I don't know what my next episode is going to be about, but I do do shows every every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern if you want to join live. But, of course, they all get saved. Um, yeah, and thank you, Andrew, for listening along with us. We had a couple other people jumping in and out, but I appreciate you guys all listening and see you next week. Bye.